Hey everyone, my name is Joanne Koshaluk. I'm also known as Mama K, and I'm a band teacher in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And welcome to The Wealth of Our Stories. Hey everybody, it's Mama K coming back at you from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And I have such a special person that uh, has agreed to be interviewed today. They are, I would say, uh, an incredible leader in the band community here in Winnipeg and Manitoba and I do believe in Canada. I know she's traveled all across the country um, with her bands and uh, always has such incredible things to share when, when she comes back and, and loves, to, loves to promote what's happening all across our great country. But she's also an incredible friend and has been, uh, has been there through some, some really, really difficult times and, and I don't know where I'd be without her. And I've seen her go through some pretty incredible life situations too, where she has just shown such incredible grace and poise. And I'm so proud to call her my friend. And uh, I'm talking too much and I want you to get to know her. So without further ado, special guest, who are you? Well, thank you. That's an awesome and uh, very humbling uh, introduction. Thank you to my dear friend, Joanne. My name is Cheryl Ferguson, and I am a band director here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I direct band at Fort Richmond Collegiate uh, in Winnipeg and also at Canadian Mennonite University in Winnipeg as well. And probably more importantly, I'm a mom and a a wife to an amazing band director named Daryl and uh, a daughter to some amazing parents and a sister as well. So that's who I am. Did you get a chance to watch Jackie's interview yesterday? Oh, I guess it's it's on I posted my... it today. I think I posted it today. Yeah, you'll have to watch it. I will. I have not gotten a chance to watch it yet. And the reason I bring that up is that um, she's wearing something very special. Um, around her neck that uh, we both uh, got an extra smile and little flutter in our heart thinking about you so oh thank you that's (laughs) very kind thank you so miss Cheryl Ferguson um, how long have you been teaching band for Uh, I've been teaching band for almost 25 years um, and uh, I was in in the states for the first several years of my career and in Winnipeg since uh, 2002 teaching band at my high school where I went to high school Uh, since uh, it's it's been a special place because I grew my love of music there and uh, got to take over from my band teacher, Mr. Orv Anderson, an incredible mentor and inspirational musician uh, and just a brilliant thinker and uh, got to sit in his office with him and teach with him for three years and then take over uh, his job once he was ready to retire. And we've stayed in touch all this time and remain great friends. What are the other schools you taught at besides FRC? Uh, so my first year of teaching uh, was a very interesting year teaching at three elementary schools in a place called Bismarck, North Dakota. And it was a crazy assignment. It was three schools, uh, elementary music K to six. Uh, and they wanted me to teach so many kids, so many kids uh, between the three schools. It was one school division, but three schools that they actually did. Uh, changed the music classes to be 15 minutes long so that I could cram more of them into one day. So I was running between three schools every day teaching these little 15 minute music classes in portables. So that was 
as you can imagine, only lasted a year because uh, I am not anywhere near strong enough to be um, an elementary music teacher. Those people are absolutely the heroes of our profession. Uh, so um, I, I did what I could in the time I had, but then realized that I needed to move on to teaching band. Uh, so, so I need I to ask you, did, they, did those <laughs> students come to your school or like, did you have a home base or you had to go to all three, like you had to travel? I had to travel. In fact, my lunch break was the travel. So I would just, you know, I'd slam out like two hours, get in the car, zoom about eight blocks and go to another school and slam out another two hours and then get in my car and zoom another 10 blocks and, and work it out with those kids. And yeah, in uh, North Dakota, in a portable, a 15 minute music class in the winter is very difficult to manage so we had some very interesting times that'll be have to be another interview uh, the the adventures of teaching music in north dakota in a portable man that was special <laughs> so then how did how'd you come back to manitoba how did that all work out uh yeah so i taught band at another school called uh, mandan junior high uh in north dakota before i came back and that was actually a very special very special school it was um uh, I think probably the best educational decision you could make for middle school kids. It was just grade seven and eight. So when you only have grade seven and eights in a room uh, or in a school, it's, it's so incredible to see them work together. There's, there's not enough time in the school. Like they're not there enough years to develop a sense of I'm older than you. I'm better than you. It's just a great community. So um, just kind of perfect little setting to just hunker down and, be junior high kids and learn music and and just had a fabulous time uh, teaching marching band at the junior high and assisting with the high school marching band uh, at the neighboring high school and just had a blast teaching those kids in North Dakota. Um, and that's where I built my junior high chops um, and then uh, moved to uh, Charleswood Junior High in Winnipeg. I was grew up in Winnipeg, so it was nice to return to Winnipeg. Um, I actually got a call randomly from a couple of amazing uh, musicians, uh, great legendary music teachers in Winnipeg, uh, Rod Weedman and Mark Waldera. They both called me uh, and said, hey, I think it's time for you to come back to Winnipeg. We're, we're gonna, we know of some openings, so would you check it out? And it was a strange year. There were about four or five music jobs, band directing jobs, all available at the same time. And, and I was lucky to have some choice in that and, and chose to work at Charleswood Junior High for several years um, before moving on to Fort Richmond Collegiate in 2006. That is wild. I mean, sometimes it's just how the stars align, right? It's, it's the right yeah. place, the right time, but it's also the community that you built even before you left, right? How would they have known to contact you if you hadn't built yeah. those? Um, relationships even before that time, right? Yeah, and I think that's like Rod Weedman was my junior high band teacher, and um, he uh, was the director at Acadia Junior High, where my husband teaches now. And he was best friends with Mark Waldera, who was the band director at Charleswood Junior High. And our two bands, Acadia and Charleswood, we would always travel together. So we would go on the jazz band trips together and the concert band trips together. And uh, I just really admired those gentlemen and kept in touch with them after I moved away to go to university and uh, just wanted to know how they did what they did because I found it amazing and inspirational and just wanted to be them. I have to go back to the fact that you taught marching band 
in a state <laughs> where there's winter. Um, and I assume, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I don't think you would have had a marching band experience here in Winnipeg <laughs> growing up. Um, can you give us a little insight into um, what that looked like for you? You know, um, marching band is kind of divisive, isn't it, in the band world? Um, it's, uh, and it's not really understood in Canada in the same way it, as it is in the States. Um, it's a culture down there. And uh, luckily, I went to, to university in the States. And we actually had some instruction in teaching marching band. It was, it's pretty much part of every job you get in the States. Uh, so yeah, there's, um, I know there's winter in North Dakota, but there's a seriously good parade season in uh, fall and again in spring. And we had band day parades, we had the 4th of July parade, we had um, any festival or occasion in the city or town, we would have a parade and all the, all the high school and junior high marching bands would take part. Um, and then we also had a fantastic high school football team who needed some field shows at halftime. And uh, man, the culture it built in the school between the arts and athletics was just dynamic. You would see um, football players high-fiving trumpet players in the hallway and saying, hey, see you tonight at the game. We can't do this without you. It was a really incredible culture. Um, and it was a big learning curve for me. Uh, I remember a really crazy experience where uh, we decided to bring the high school marching band uh, to Winnipeg to play at the halftime show for a blue bomber game. Uh, and uh, halftime came. Um, oh, actually I should say the day before we had our like rehearsal on the field only to find out uh, <laughs> that, oops, we forgot to mention to the kids that a football field in Canada in the CFL is a different length than the football field in America. <laughs> So all their uh, yard lines were all different and we had to quickly get all the kids to memorize all their changes for where they were gonna step on the field to make you know, the pictures and the, the lettering that we had planned to go on the field. Uh, we all had, they all had to make these incredible adaptations on the fly. And then the next day at the game, uh, we had the whole show worked out and they said, before you start, there's a few Hall of Fame presentations. So they had these Hall of Fame presentations. And wouldn't you know it, as soon as we were about to start, the rain just started pouring down. Um, and uh, there was a big, I was like, we're going to keep going. And the, the high school director was like, absolutely, we go, Mandan goes on, you know. So we did our show. And then as soon as the last note played, the, the kids just burned it off the field mud flying off the wheels of the xylophones and we had these uh, uniforms with the big feather plumes and they do not do well in the rain so they were hiding their plumes under their armpits and running to the bus and it was something I'll never forget. <laughs> I, I need to see pictures of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I'll, I'll see if I can dig one up for you Joanne. You know, it's so funny. I always forget that you spent all that time in the States and that you even did your, your university down there, right? To me, you're just, you're just a, you're Manitoba. You're a Manitoba diamond. <laughs> oh, that's very kind. So now what brought you to this? Like, let's go back way back in time to baby Cheryl. What is, what was your musical journey? Like from when you were little to sort of your musical experiences all the way up to the time that you decided that you wanted to go into music as a career? Um, so neither of my parents are musicians. Uh, they don't play any instruments at all. They don't sing or, um, I believe my mother could have been a singer. She has a beautiful voice. Um, but I think my all time best memories of, of 
my whole life um, are really, really what would seem very simple and not noteworthy. Uh, but um, I remember doing chores with my mom and singing ABBA at the top of our lungs. Uh, we would just scrub the kitchen floor and be singing um, Dancing Queen and uh, Super Trooper. We would just be belting it out uh, with the record player going and, and just having a ball. And then um, my dad going on road trips with the family and we would have the Johnny Cash tapes, like the cassette tapes and the old Monte Carlo car. And we would have those playing and, and just the sound of my dad just belting out no offense to my dad, but super out of tune, but with the most passion you could possibly imagine. Uh, and it was just such a beautiful time. Like I just felt like the best moments of our family time together always were accompanied by music. Um, and then uh, I started piano in grade, uh, kindergarten actually, uh, when I was five years old. And um, that was really special because our family growing up didn't have a ton of money. So um, the fact that my parents paid for piano lessons, I knew this was special to them and important. So uh, they bought a piano and got lessons and I just worked my little heart out to try and make them proud on that piano. Um, and uh, when I got to junior high, uh, I had heard uh, the French horn. When uh, in grade three, we went on a music field trip and we went to see the WSO and they did that whole thing to teach the instruments to the little kids in the audience. And they said, now here's the violas. And they had the viola section stand up and play it. Now let's listen to the trumpets. And I thought that was okay. But then when the French horn section stood up, I promise you, I have never heard anything more beautiful in my life to this day. That sound will stick with me until my last breath. It was so stunning and beautiful. And I remember just getting chills over my whole body and just, I went home that night and told my dad that I'm gonna play the French horn. And he was like, okay, dear. Yeah, and you'll be a firefighter next week, you know. Uh, and uh, when I got to grade seven and I got to choose the French horn and Mr. Weedman could play the French horn, oh my gosh, he just became my ultimate idol. You know, I was just like, wow, I gotta, I gotta be able to do this like him. And then um, I remember in grade eight, the band program got a new French horn. King Eroica, the silver French horn. And Mr. Weedman pulled me out of my social studies class and brought me to the band room and said, I wanted you to be the one to unwrap this instrument. You got to unbox it. I got to take it out of the plastic. And I still remember every time I buy a new instrument for the band program now, I remember that smell of, oh, that was such a special moment. So now just in his honor, every time I get a new instrument, I go find a child in their classroom and say, I want you to be the one. And it's not always the first chair player. It, it's whoever I think that's going to have the most impact on. So um, I had that special moment. And then to be honest, music became really important to me through junior high and high school. Uh, but to be really frank with you, I really thought I was going to become a psychologist. I really thought I'm going to study psychology. And then in grade 11, uh, my band teacher, Mr. Anderson, said, you know, since you're going into music, you should probably know this thing. And I thought, what? I'm going into music? You think I'm going into music? And then I thought, well, he probably thinks I should if he said that. So, okay, I'll think about that. I didn't really say anything to him. And I just decided, I went home and I was like, okay, if he thinks I can do this, Maybe the reason I wasn't going into it is I didn't believe in myself to be able to do it. So um, if he saw that in me, I thought, well, maybe I should try to see that in myself too. And, and there was no looking back at that point. 
that's that's wild. Now I have a big question for you because um, I know so the dogs are again losing their mind. <laughs> they like the one must be walking by. <laughs> um, now, were you able to start French horn right away, or did you have to start on a different instrument? Uh, I was able to because I played piano. So that was our requirement. You had to be have played piano in order to play the French horn. So I remember on my sheet to like circle what instrument, I only circled French horn. <laughs> I had a singular focus. <laughs> I, I hear you because it's funny, like when you talk about uh, hearing the French horn for the first time at the Winnipeg Symphony, the first time I remember hearing flute was at the Winnipeg Symphony, but I went with, I think I was with my mom and my, and my aunts and um, we were at the Nutcracker. And there's some great flute writing in oh, the Nutcracker. Yeah. And it just something, it's like, wow. Like, this is incredible. This is what I want. And I never wanted any other instrument. Like that was, yeah. I, I knew. I knew. It that. ignites something in you, hey? Like there's something that a sound can do that nothing else in the world can do. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to also let you know, um, I had a little running around to do before your interview, and I was listening to some ABBA in my car. I had had a cranked. Yes! And I remember having this album on vinyl um, called The Visitors. Yes, yes. And and then, yeah, it's like the the first song on that record, right? I just, like, it was my favorite. And so, yeah, I'm driving, you know, to deliver a package at the Rexall, and I've got it to, like, 40 in my car, and I'm singing along. And it's like, yeah, it's like, it's amazing. It's those, like you said, those little things. It's like, is that, it's not what I do as a living, but man, it, like, the way it makes me feel when I'm singing along and it's just like, it's the spirit of it all. And, and then I'm thinking I could be playing the song for my kids. And it's like, listen to what they're doing with the dynamics and the shaping and the story that they're telling. Right. It's like, it's all transferable. Yeah. Music is music and you never know what's going to connect with someone. So yeah, I was just playing for, I dropped a recording for my students of this. I had never heard of this. You probably know this group, but it's called the eight bit big band. And it's like all video game music that's played by jazz band. And I had, I had no idea that this would connect with so many kids, but I'm so glad I stumbled upon it because now I have that as part of my day too. So music's amazing. It's not about genre. It's about connection and what speaks to you. Absolutely. So um, after high school, what university did you go to again? Where did you start your studies? Uh, I went to the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota. And was that for music education specifically, or did you have a different path you were thinking of at first? Oh my goodness, no, definitely music performance uh, was my first um, dream. And uh, it was my second year of school where that changed. So um, when I was a sophomore, we, they had in um, a French horn clinician, Eric Rusk, and uh, I got to have a private lesson with him. And um, I played a scale for him and he's like, yeah, you sound good. Uh, but you know, you're, when you got to the, the fourth line D, it didn't, it, it, there was a chip. And I was like, yeah, I, I know. That's a hard note on the French horn. And he said, okay, uh, I want you to just play that note for, I don't know, 10 minutes and I'll come back. So <laughs> sat in the room and played the note for a while and came back and I, he's like, okay, play me the scale again. It didn't miss the D that time. So he was like, okay, good. Uh, so next, D sharp. And he said, that's what it's going to take. You're going to have to take every note and just commit to just excellence on every aspect of this playing. And you just have to just focus on the details of, of making every note respond every time. Like that, your accuracy has to just improve. It just has to be there to be a professional player. And um, 
like you said, it's funny when things happen for a reason. So that same day I went home and I just cried because I thought, I don't know if I can do this. And then um, that same night, um, the local French horn teacher in Bismarck gave me a call and said, oh, I'm shutting down my, horn, my private horn studio and wondered if you wanted my students because I've heard you're doing great things at the university. And I thought, this is kind of cool. I'll try teaching for a bit. And she, I remember she had eight students. So uh, I picked up a sudden studio of eight students and started just teaching. And I got so much joy. I remember during the day, I would be like, oh, only two more hours till I can start teaching at night. You know, this will be so much fun. Um, and then the studio grew to 40 students within a, about a year. 40 French horns. Um, 40 French horn students in the town of Bismarck, North Dakota. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It just got, it just really took fire. And then in the summers, I was like, the kids still wanted to have lessons. So I said, well, yeah, but I don't want to teach as much in the summer. I need a little break. So let's create ensembles. And then like, so I'd have six or eight of them at once for like an French horn ensemble lesson. And then we I started arranging movie themes for the ensembles and we just had a ball and it just really took off. And then I just realized this is where my calling is making music with students and, you know, just feeling energized by their passion for it and, and feeling like we were creating something together. So yeah, I just totally flipped in that second year. And so um, were you able to do your education degree there as well? Yeah, I did uh, actually I did concurrent degrees. So I did, um, uh, for music performance, I finished my performance degree as well at the same time as doing my ed degree uh, and just did overtime every semester and summers and just just made it happen because I was living away from home and money was an issue. So I thought, try and get these things done quickly. So yeah, I managed to get both of them done there and then started teaching that elementary job that we talked about earlier. Your work ethic is second to none. I got to tell you, that's, that's really fantastic. Thank um, you. And again, I, I, all these wonderful things I'm finding out about you. I'm trying to imagine you as an elementary teacher, and I know you'd be brilliant, but it's like, <laughs> no, we have it's really a, just a different vision of Cheryl. <laughs> um, now, I have to give this disclaimer every single time, even though I know you know the rules, but Cheryl Ferguson, what would be one of the weirdest gigs or jobs <laughs> that you have ever been involved in? It was actually super recently. Um, there was a movie crew in Winnipeg uh, last summer um, that was wanting to uh, film a parade in Winnipeg and uh, wanted a marching band. And uh, so <laughs> um, through a recommendation from John Balsilli and some other connections, it was determined that Fort Richmond Collegiate, where I teach, would create a marching band for this movie. Um, and so I talked to my students. I was like, who wants to be in a movie? And everything was great. Uh, it was going to film three days before graduation. So it was going to be this sort of pre-grad party for all these grade 12s, and they were going to participate. And then uh, turns out that they had kind of given us the wrong date. And instead of it being in June, it ended up being in July. So um, we had to have rehearsals after school ended uh, in the month of July. Um, it was obviously harder to get kids together at that time, but I was basically teaching beginner marching band technique um, and trying to make up three or four years of marching band experience in just a few weeks with these incredible kids. So we memorized a piece, we went out in the FRC parking lot, 
I showed the, well, actually we started in the gym and I, we did the lines and guide right and all like how, what kind of step are we going to use? And then we did the swinging door corners. We found out we needed two corners for this movie in the parade. And oh my goodness, we, those kids worked so hard and ended up being on set for two days in, in a movie with Sean Penn. So it's just the strangest gig, but that'll be it. When it finally gets released, that movie will be an experience for those kids. And, no, it's not know, released yet. No, it's supposed to finish production um, this year. And I guess now we don't know when that'll complete with all of the recent events in the world. So yeah. Well, I can't wait to see it. You'll have to have a viewing party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for keeping it family friendly. I'm sure you have other tales, uh, other tales as well that perhaps are uh, band trips that, uh, that maybe would be a little bit more, uh, need to be censored a little bit. <laughs> That'll be for well, a know, different I, show. <laughs> if any of your listeners are interested in going for a cup of tea, I'd be happy to share more stories. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, so I know that you've had um, students over the years go into music as a career. Um, I know that there are students that watch this uh, interview series and what sort of advice would you have to those kids who are thinking about going into music? Um, uh, I think if you're considering whether you should go into music, uh, just consider your level of passion for the subject matter. Um, and it's all based on passion because it is a it is a challenging job it is a, a really a really um, demanding career uh, it requires a lot of uh, life dedication there's lots of parts of your life that are going to be influenced by your choice of music as a career so you have to make sure you're passionate about it so that you never uh, sort of regret the decision or or disdain the choice um, because music deserves to just always be loved. <laughs> so um, I guess that would be the first thing. And the, the other thing I would say is um, just, just make sure that you are really interested in, in um, sharing your love of music with others and wanting to give that away as much as possible and wanting to share it and, and be a part of collaborative music making because I think that's a huge part of it and uh, drives excellence a lot of the time and drives um, great community connections that that make us love music even more so i guess those are the two things i would also say to students who are considering it to definitely seek out private instruction on your instrument um, that's probably one of the most influential factors in anyone's success in their music career is who did they study with and what kind of habits and practice and and in, honestly in pedagogy did you pick up from those people and um that that sort of one-on-one -on -one instruction really can't be under like i can't underscore the importance of that at, at all like it's very important to have someone look at you as a musician and spend time at, on just you and talk about what things you can do to improve um and uh it also helps you to be able to to share that in the future you know all the things that you're hearing from your private teacher you end up saying as a private teacher in the future. So um, that connection and that investment in those lessons just pays back incredible dividends. I know for me, because I started private lessons two years before I joined a band. Oh, okay. Um, so really my love of music um, or my wanting to pursue music, I really put all on my private teacher. 
the eight mm. years I was with him, right? Like yeah. before I went into university, um, he taught me to love music. He, he was playful and, and just his interactions with me, right? Like our time together was like, I felt safe to, to make mistakes and to be guided and to, to try to emulate his sound. And just, I knew who I wanted to not imitate, but I knew how I wanted to make people feel. Yeah. Right. And I've had other experiences where I've learned how I don't want to make people feel. Right. Yeah, exactly. and sometimes those, those tough lessons are just as necessary. Right. So, yeah. And I do want to make sure I mention my private teacher in high school, um, Mark Christensen, um, who just like, I studied with him. <laughs> I remember in grade seven, Rod Weedman said to me, now I could I could connect you with a high school student and you could pay five or eight dollars a lesson to that person, or I could get you the best in the business, Mark Christensen, and it will cost you a little bit more, but it's going to be worth it. And I was like, I want the best. The French horn deserves the best. So my lessons with him went from grade seven to grade twelve, and um, I think honestly he was so great at music but he was so great at just knowing people and being so genuinely caring about his students and he was so proud of his students and he maintained connections with his students still does to this day um we still exchange you know communication regularly and uh i just admire him very much so i want to make sure that i speak speak about him because he had an incredible impact on on where i am today so that's really important too. And you know, there's one other thing I wanted to mention, Joanne, about people going into music. And I think this is maybe even more important. Well, the most important thing is to think of music as a language. And you know, if people want to get really good at French, they go to Quebec for a couple of months and immerse themselves into that culture. And I think music immersion is a huge part of becoming a musician as well. You know, not accessing things just online but accessing live music performances, accessing um, small ensemble performances, orchestral performances, um, garage bands that are performing in local lounges and clubs and parks and just getting as much exposure to as many different types of music as possible and musicians, like not just closing yourself off to just the people right near you, but what can I learn about these people in this other part of the city or province or country or world, you know, and how can I connect with others just like you're doing right now? Um, and what can I learn from people and not limit myself, but rather just expand my heart to include more musicians and music. You and Daryl both do an incredible job of providing so many different opportunities, uh, both for your own kids as well as your band kids and really really the province you guys are are huge builders in this music community so i wanted to thank you guys both formally here so thank you go above and beyond and provide so much well you know what service is very important trying to create opportunities for people and uh, volunteerism is a real value in our family so we um try to give as much as we can um people say all the time oh you're doing too much but it it fills me up you know it's it's life giving and my dad said the whole time i grew up you get what you give so you just you get what you give how much can you give today so um yeah so i appreciate you you saying that and and i do want to just mention the importance of service in our lives well and you and you know you Cheryl and we know individually <laughs> what 
what fills us up, right? To what to one person, it may seem like, why are you doing all this? But you know that you're getting all this energy. Like, um, I know that teaching middle years band is my calling. Like, it's my it's what fuels me. You know, to have mm -hmm. uh, you know. <laughs> The biggest group I've had so far in front of me at one time was 150, 150 grade sixes. That's and awesome. Just the whoa of it all, right? It's just like this is this is what keeps me going. This is the this is life, right? Compared to, you know, teaching kindergarten music. And as you said earlier, my goodness, those people are saints. Yeah. And I had so much fun, but I found that I wasn't being replenished by by that job right yeah. whereas teaching band like i know that even on the hard days right you're still you're you're refueling you're energized you still love it beyond anything yeah for sure absolutely you have to know what fills you up yeah so i have one final question for you what sort of extra worldly bits of advice do you have for anybody who might be watching this during these weird times that we're in right now uh, I, I think probably just value your human connections and enrich them and make sure you water those seeds of friendship and seeds of connection. Um, I think we take for granted people too often. Uh, and that's something that's come to me just recently in a really, really real way. Um, and also thinking of people and being empathetic and compassionate. Um, if one good one of the good things that might come out of this crisis is that now we all have empathy towards people who are isolated um and i think as musicians that's maybe not just important but it, it might be sort of our job to reach out to people through music um and now that we've all sort of lived this life in a this isolation life in a microcosm can we only just transfer a bit of that you know, taste of what we've been through and transfer it into service to others through music and, and try to find ways to send a track to, you know, somebody who's in isolation or like send a music track, send a, send a recording of your kid playing something and, you know, just get together and on somebody's driveway. Um, I remember like we have a little family quartet and we like to go play for people, just kind of people will tell us, Oh, this person's suffering from, um, cancer and we you know they need a lift could you go to their house and just play a tune and we just love to do that as a family and just reach out to others and just remember that music is something to give and not to keep to yourself those are wonderful words of advice thank you <laughs> well they're not mine <laughs> i've just collected them over the years you know what but you you know what's important to you and what sticks and what keeps you moving forward and keeps that amazing smile on your face <laughs> you're so nice <laughs> and joanne i want to thank you for doing this for all of us uh it's been great a great way to connect our community and it's been uh just great to see that in in crisis you are reaching out uh and you're you're connecting us in a way that we wouldn't have even thought of before and uh we were we are all benefiting from it so thank you for your dedication to this project Thank you. You know, and I was thinking, I was talking to Wendy the other day, um, and she says in her interview, you must find your tribe. Ah, uh, yes. And you good. are all my tribe, and I Aww. wouldn't have it any other way. Um, so thank you so much for taking time out of your day today. I'm going to get all misty-eyed now. <laughs> if only I could give you a hug in real life. Um, it's, the time is coming. <laughs> <laughs> so
So sending you so much love for the rest of the day and forevermore. And thank you again, Cheryl. Same to you, my dear friend. All the best. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you.